And he spake a parable unto them to this end, for this reason, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying, There was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. Hmm. And there was a widow in that city. She came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterwards he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, what was the reason that Jesus was talking about this? To this end, that we should always pray and, to, and not to faint. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you keep pressing on the Lord, eventually he's going to do whatever you uh, are petitioning for because you're always pressing on him. <laughs> you get to that point. You're, you become sort of a thorn in his side. He goes, I've got to get this thorn out of my side. Therefore, I'll grant his wish. Sometimes you have to press into the Lord really hard. And then once you've done that, Try to use wisdom and get out of his way then so that he can do the work. <laughs> but, you know, we've, we here as a body have been pressing the Lord for certain things over and over. And sometimes it takes over 11 years sometimes to see the result. But the Lord granted our request on that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we just didn't let up. We just kept pressing the Lord, pressing the Lord, pressing the Lord every day, round the clock, day and night. Day in and day out. And finally, we've seen the results. And it's a good thing. So, we're just doing what the Lord instructed us to do here. Very simply, just doing it. We automatically do it. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? Uh-huh. The Lord will sometimes... Let that time go by. But eventually, he will do what we're petitioning him to do. I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. It'll come soon enough. <laughs> Sometimes for, for our natural mind, the way that we perceive time, we don't see God working speedily, even if it's 11 years. That's still pretty quick. Because I tell you what. God's prophets back in the Old Testament prophesied all kinds of things about Christ, and it took a long time for those things to be fulfilled. And anybody could have turned around and said, well, this so-called man of God over here doesn't know what he's talking about because it hasn't happened in our lifetime. Oh, yeah? What if it happened 40 years later? What if it happened 50 years later? What if it happened several hundred years later? Whatever. It still comes to pass, and it's still fairly speedy because... Again, be not ignorant of this one thing, that a day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. You know, even if it takes a thousand years, it still only took a day to do it, in God's eyes. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? <laughs> yeah, he'll find faith here in this room. If he were to come back right now, he'd find a, a lot of it. <laughs> More than just a grain of mustard seed's worth. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Mm -hmm. The parable of the Pharisee and the publican. Two men went up into the temple to pray, 
the one a Pharisee and the other a publican, a tax collector. <laughs> the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Why would he pray with himself? Did he introduce his ego <laughs> as he was praying? Did he introduce his own ego and his own self-righteousness in there? I think that's what Jesus is talking about. He prayed with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. Boy, I fast twice in the week. Oh, yeah, I do all this other stuff. I am so willing to justify myself. Oh, yeah. I've read the Bible ten times over, and I know what I'm doing. I've been baptized twice already, and I know what, exactly what, I'm, what it's all about. I've assumed mastery over all of this. Mm -hmm. Sure you have. Uh -huh. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Okay, so we had a penitent heart here. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, brought down. And he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Boy. I guess the, the Pharisees figured that the, a lot of the tax collectors were corrupt, and they probably were. Mm-hmm and abused their office. And apparently this publican here that Jesus was talking about was ready to change his ways and to just do an honest day's work. Because a lot of time the publicans were told, you know, don't be corrupt. Don't exact any more than, you know, what the Romans are, are after. Because here, you know, these publicans were tax collectors, Jewish tax collectors for the Romans, to collect taxes for the Romans. And that's why the Jews hated them so much. They hated publicans and they couldn't stand sinners. But Jesus was the one to come and save the publicans and sinners, not the self-righteous Pharisee here. Yeah. All of this good works and everything, all of this philanthropy and all of this other stuff didn't mean a hill of beans if, his heart, if the Pharisee's heart here wasn't right with God in the first place. Mm -hmm. how they bragged so much about everything that they did and everything that they were all about. And they brought unto him also infants, that he would touch them. But when his disciples saw it, they rebuked them. But Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer little children to come unto me, and forbid them not. For of such is the kingdom of God. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. His disciples started having a string of problems here. Allow little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. You've got to receive the kingdom of God as a little child, not as this big, huge uh, Pharisee that was exalting himself, thought he was so great. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Because he, he had to pray with himself because God probably wasn't hearing it anyway. He probably wasn't even listening. <laughs> oh, this guy again? Pfft, whatever. 
And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, caught him up short here, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. What are you trying to kiss my butt for? Mm -hmm. What kind of advantage are you trying to get? You trying to get an advantage of me? Hmm. Thou knowest the commandments. Yeah, this was a rich young ruler here. Probably a ruler in the synagogue. A lot of times when they talk about the rulers, they're talking about a political and religious leader, so-called. This guy was rich and young. Not advantageous circumstances to be rich or young in the first place, right? Boy, some of us know that in our youth, a lot of vanity was there and a lot of time was wasted. <laughs> and a lot of unnecessary riches were gotten, we thought. <laughs> but they were unnecessary. They didn't amount to a hill of beans, did they? <laughs> yeah. What advantage does a man have if he you know, gain the entire world, yet lose his own soul. <laughs> you know, where do you want to spend eternity? <laughs> Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Don't be a liar. Honor thy father and thy mother. Uh-huh. Yep. Jesus talked about honoring your father and your mother a lot. Who are my mother and my brethren? Those that hear the word of God and do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. Uh -huh. He didn't say, if you love me, keep the Pharisees' made-up uh, doctrines and commandments of men. <laughs> uh -huh. That's the difference. You know, There's a lot of doctrines that, that people made up in the 19th century when they first got their religion started. You know, they made up a lot of stuff and tried to use Scripture to back it up, and it just falls flat. And they, they teach for doctrines the commandments of men, and they, you know, they go about it. And they sort of do their own thing. And they call themselves religious leadership and everything. And they've got people so distracted doing those things that they can't actually do the work of God. <laughs> got you so busy going door to door, handing out tracts and trying to proselytize people, you don't have time to study the word on your own. You, you know, you don't end up teaching anybody else anything. You end up coming to their door and annoying them at the wrong time of day, turning them more off of the Lord than turning them on. And then you don't know anything because you don't have time to do anything else but go out and do busybody stuff. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they made up all these rules as they went along. Nobody ever had time to do anything else. You couldn't even do anything on the Sabbath day when you were supposed to focus on God. Your Sabbath day's journey was two-thirds of a mile. Well, what if I want to go ten miles? You know, we don't do that on Sunday. Yes, we do. We do it Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm -hmm. We get to run the race with patience all day long, every day, seven days a week. And then we've got that eighth day within us just to make sure that we have plenty of time to, to do what we need to do. Mm -hmm. We're not limited just to seven days either. And he said, the rich young ruler said this, all these have I kept from my youth up. Now, when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet, lackest thou one thing. <laughs> I like it because he's talking to a rich guy here, supposedly has everything he needs. I've got everything I need. I don't need God. Mm -hmm. Sell all that thou hast. There's a stinger. I bet that hurt. <laughs> and distribute unto the poor. 
and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. Mm -hmm. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. Yeah, here we go. Here we've got a guy who was obviously very sorrowful. Why? To try to make Jesus feel guilty for hurting his feelings? Oh, poor little rich guy. Right? Uh-huh. This outward show of sorrow here. I bet it was phony baloney. Uh-huh. See what I mean? Poor me syndrome. What do you mean, poor you? You're a rich guy. You don't need anything. You're... You're full and enriched with goods, increased with goods, and have need of nothing, right? Yet little do you know that you're miserable, wretched, and poor, and blind, and naked. Mm-hmm. Spiritually. Yeah. Sell all that you have. Give up you. You put your flesh and your fleshly stuff aside, and your worldly goods and all your stuff, and distribute unto the poor. Yeah, go, go out and start preaching the gospel after you've followed me for a while. Take up your cross. Uh-huh. Crucify the flesh with the affections and lusts and come after me. Come follow me. Not follow what you were doing to attain all of your stuff. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, <laughs> what an outward show here, huh? Trying to make Jesus feel guilty. I'm trying to lay a big guilt trip on the Lord. Mm -hmm. How hardly, or how hard it is for those that have riches enter in to the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? For it is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And historically, as I've studied, I found out that there are certain exits and entrances through the walls of a city where the camels would go, and they would call it the needle's eye. But what the camel would have to do, it would have to get on its knees and humble itself to go in or out. It talks about this same story in, in uh, some of the other Gospels as well. When the rich man here went away, very sorrowful, for he was very rich. He just went away. You never heard anything about him again. And you know something? If this rich man had just done what Jesus had asked him to do, just followed the simplest of instructions, rule number one, just obey. You know, he wouldn't have lacked for anything. He told his disciples how to go out and live by faith. It is written, the just shall live by faith. That, that's a real good one to remember. I mean, it's key. You go out and you live by faith. God supplies your need then. He says, go out in whatever house you enter into, eat such things as they set before you, don't take anything else with you. Count on God and have enough faith for God to supply your need, and God will, through the people that you're ministering to, through the people that will receive you, and the people that don't receive you, you shake off the dust of your feet and you move on. That's it. Now, if this rich young ruler had left everything and, and served the Lord, he, again, Jesus told him what kind of riches he would have. He said, thou shalt have treasure in heaven, in heavenly and glorious places, and come and follow me. You never heard about these disciples lacking for anything. I mean, they had a boy's lunch, and they fed 4,000 one time with it, and 5,000 another time with it. 
we've got a, you know seven loaves and three fishes, whatever. Five loaves and two fishes, whatever. It's still got the work done. Mm -hmm. Over and above what it was even uh, useful for. It was just a boy's lunch. A couple of dinner rolls and a couple of little fishes. And yet they could get all the work done that they needed with it anyway. God supplied the need. Where it came from, who knows? It all came from God. It came through faith. Mm -hmm. Increase our faith. Verse 26, And they that heard it said, Who then can be saved? <laughs> and he said, The things which are impossible with men are possible with God. Get the man part out of the way and get the God part in there. Yeah. Then, there aren't any impossibilities. Yeah. It would seem impossible to feed four or 5,000 with just a little boy's lunch, but God did it anyway, just to prove a point. Yeah. Then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. He had a point. Mm -hmm. And as I look at this right now, I don't feel that Peter was uh, speaking unadvisedly at this point. Because here's what Jesus said, and he said unto them, Verily, truly, I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, or parents, or brethren, or wife, or children, for the kingdom of God's sake, who shall not receive manifold more in this present time, and in the world to come, life everlasting. He's like, yeah, Peter, you do have a point here. If you guys have left all, don't worry, you'll get it back in a lot better ways than you could even imagine. Especially that everlasting life, the world to come, life everlasting. That's the kingdom of glory right there that he's describing. Mm -hmm. Yet manifold more in this present time, many times more in this present time. He'll bless you naturally, as well as more importantly, spiritually, in this present time and in the world to come. So both aspects will be blessed many more times. So this rich young ruler just gave up many more times the things that he could have obtained if he had just made that first step of obedience. Uh-huh. Sacrifice a little bit right now and you'll get it all. Yeah. I told Crystal one time, I said, you know, if you're just faithful in the smallest matters, God will make you ruler over all things. Remember, remember that? Yeah. That was an interesting day. Well, she did. She took it on. Look where she is now. She's very successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Extremely so. <laughs> yeah. Look at the guy she's got sitting next to her, too. Yeah. See what I mean? Then he took unto him the twelve... And said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Here it comes. All those scriptures are going to be fulfilled, he said. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, those Romans, and shall be mocked and spitefully entreated. He'll be insulted and spitted on. That's a curse. Mm -hmm. And they shall scourge him and put him to death. And the third day he shall rise again. <laughs> wow, that's something. And they understood none of these things. And this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Boy. I, part of the reason that they didn't have any idea what the Lord was talking about here was that the scribes and the Pharisees had not taught them anything about this in church, in churches. 
You know, as you go through the Word, you find that Jesus, anybody, was able to stand up and teach out of the Word. All they would do is say, well, you know, I'd like to read some scriptures from Isaiah today. You know, anybody could do it. You never really did hear about the scribes of the Pharisees ever teaching anybody anything out of the Word. The only time they'd ever talk to them, the only time the scribes and the Pharisees would ever talk to the people was if they were doing something wrong. And that's what, really what a religious spirit does, too. It'll have nothing to do with you unless it wants to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. Uh-huh, well, you screwed this up, you screwed that up. You're always going to be a sinner. You're never going to be perfect. I'm always going to be over you and looking over you and, and being self-righteous while you're going to be uh, right here under my thumb. Well, thank God that Jesus was out of control <laughs> in this respect. Uh-huh. He wasn't under their control. They thought they had every advantage. They thought they killed him off, but all they did was make more Christians. His disciples just went out and started making more. As we were in the book of Acts last night, we, we found that there were, uh, we started with 120, and then as far as we got, we ended up with 3,120. Isn't that great? All he did was make more. Yeah. <laughs> and it came to pass that as he was come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the wayside begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passeth by. And he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they which went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace, that he should just shut up. But he cried so much the more, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood, stood still, and commanded him to be brought unto him. <laughs> you, you folks are trying to prevent him. You people go and grab him and you bring him to me. You knock that off right now. And when he was come near, he asked him, saying, What wilt thou that I shall do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. That's all I want. How about my physical sight first and then my spiritual sight as well? Jesus would often do both things simultaneously. This blind man had an ailment for a reason. One reason was that when he was healed, God would get the glory for it. That was the best reason of all. <laughs> mm -hmm. Number two, it was to expose the Pharisees that they were not doing their job. They were supposed to be healing the sick. They were supposed to be able to do it. They were supposed to be able to have enough spirit to be able to do it at least be anointed and have the Holy Ghost come upon them uh, often enough to be able to do things for people. They were not doing their jobs. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight. Thy faith hath saved thee. Uh-huh. Isn't that something? Just receive your sight. <laughs> you know, as I go along ministering to people, one of the biggest points that I make is all you have to do is just receive this. Just accept it. Just take it as read that it will come to pass. That you can receive the good things of God. Receive thy sight. Thy faith has saved you. Mm -hmm. And immediately he received his sight. He just followed the simplest of orders and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto God. That's a great way to do it. 
And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. Oh, boy. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press because he was little of stature. He was a small person. Maybe he was a, what we would call a dwarf today. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. He already knew his name. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> and he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured. Uh-oh, they grumbled. Mm-hmm saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. They hated these tax collectors. Boy. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Okay. Good. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house. You notice Jesus didn't say, this day is religion, come to your door. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> yeah, join our religion. <laughs> Here, here's a tract. <laughs> uh -uh. For as much as he also is a son of Abraham. Mm -hmm. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Yeah, not to just reject them and put them down and insult them and trod them under feet. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. Oh, they were in a big hurry, weren't they? He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and a return. Hmm. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Do business until I come back. Each one of these pounds here, I believe, is about three months' salary. So this is quite the, uh, again, quite the sum of money. And in the other Gospels, he talks about talents. And a talent was a lot of money. A talent was a certain weight of silver. And that, it was a lot. Even one talent was a lot. A lot of money, a big wad of cash. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, we will not have this man to reign over us. Oh, isn't this just typical of the way the, the Jewish people had their attitude toward God? We will not have God reign over us. You make us a king. And during that time, Samuel was the prophet back in the Old Testament. And Samuel was distressed. He was in tears over it. He was telling the Lord, what's the deal? And the Lord just said, look, Samuel, you know, don't fret about it. Don't worry about it. Stop your crying. They've not rejected thee. They've rejected me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Samuel told the people, he said, all right, I'll anoint a king, and he will be the Lord's anointed over you. But I'll tell you what he's going to be like. He's going to 
he's going to be a very oppressive ruler over you and he's not going to have the soundest mind you know <laughs> you're going to run the risk and you're going to take your chances with this guy and they did and they suffered all kinds of problems with it a lot of foolish things were done you know on this king he was quite the wacky person we will not have this man to reign over us and here jesus was he was their messiah sent to deliver them spiritually not physically from the romans yeah to deliver them from the world spiritually not to de deliver them politically <laughs> a lot of these guys were thinking politically and naturally and not spiritually minded yeah and it came to pass that when he was returned having received the kingdom then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money he'd given them his uh, portion of the holy spirit didn't he yeah he was crucified and he went to the far country up to glory to prepare that kingdom mm -hmm. yeah then when he came back that he might know how much every man had gained by trading in other words what what did these guys do with their anointing did they go out and pass it on to others did they get others filled with that spirit and gain more money that way the, the money here is a type of the measure of the spirit and the anointing that jesus gave to his disciples mm -hmm. so we wanted disciples here to know you know what they were in for here what they were expected to do then came the first saying lord thy pound hath gained 10 pounds great and he said unto him well thou good servant because thou hast been faithful in a very little have thou authority over 10 cities oh well that was just that little thing we we're talking about there with crystal see you'd be faithful in one little thing it'll make you ruler over 10 cities 10 cities yeah 10 churches mm -hmm. yeah the one pound the one anointing gained 10 anointings sure since you got 10 preachers, you got 10 churches to minister to. Fair enough. And the second came saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, be thou also over five cities. Okay. And another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. And a handkerchief for i feared thee because thou art an austere man thou takest up that thou layest not down and reapest that thou didst not sow mm -hmm. one of the other gospels reads a little differently he says i feared thee because i knew that thou art a hard man mm -hmm. and, th and that you you reap where you didn't sow you know you you want interest from money that you, that you didn't uh, even lay down in the first place Mm -hmm. and he said unto him out of thine own mouth will i judge thee thou wicked servant hmm. this guy was a servant but he was wicked wrong attitude thou knewest that i was an austere man taking up that i laid not down and reaping that i did not sow mm -hmm. wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, with interest. Uh-huh. Why didn't you just put it in the bank and get the interest off of it? Why didn't you do your homework and study the word and, and stay full of the spirit and have more to give when I come back to, re to receive you again? 
you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at these parables here. There's not just one avenue to go down. There's, there's all kinds, and I can't explore them all right now. And I, I want all of you to, to realize this, that the next time we read this, it may be completely different. And it'll be fresh and new and exciting and, and totally great. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. We've got a lot more to do here. We've got a lot more uh, money in the bank than we even realize, <laughs> if you want to know the truth about it. I found that out last night. Boy, the Lord was just giving me stuff all the time. You know, stuff that I couldn't think up or even dream up or even imagine. We'd just instantly give it as it was needed. It was amazing. Last night was just amazing. But yeah, we got to do our homework. We got to put that money in the bank and get the interest. Mm -hmm. The Holy Ghost is the earnest of the Spirit. It's the down payment for what we receive in glory. Mm -hmm. He fills us with that comparatively compared to the riches of glory it's, it's a little bit it fills us completely it's enough to fill us completely however it's just the down payment on on what we can expect later on as we use what we have to get more going and to fill others with it yeah getting other souls baptized and filled with the holy spirit and out there ministering and he said unto them that stood by Take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten pounds. Mm -hmm. For I say unto you, that unto every one which hath shall be given, and from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. Mm -hmm. But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Wow. I want you to kill them, right? Right in my presence. <laughs> uh huh. Well, that's what we do as saints. The sword, the spirit goes out of our mouths. We swing that sword left and right and just cut those devils that don't want to obey God right down to size, right down to nothing, right in the presence of God because God's within you. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, right in front of his face. Yeah. Yep. Those scribes and those Pharisees are those enemies which would not that Jesus would reign over them. Mm -hmm. And actually, they didn't want God to rule and reign over them anyway in the first place. Way back a long time ago in the Old Testament, and in Samuel's day, they decided we do not want God over us. We want a natural fleshly king. We don't want to serve God. We want to serve mammon. They made up their minds back a long time ago. That's what they wanted something esau gave up his entire birthright just for lunch just to serve his flesh one meal he gave up his entire family inheritance for that gave it to his younger brother and god knew it ahead of time he told the parents he said the elder shall serve the younger and that was not the way traditionally it was supposed to go the older brother was supposed to get the inheritance then the younger brother got a, a lesser portion we were back at the prodigal son last week, and the younger brother asked his father for his portion. He went out and wasted it and came back and repented. <laughs> and the older brother, the pharisaical guys, who were supposedly doing okay, you know, the whole time, got all pissed off <laughs> at the younger brother and, and at the father, you know. He went out and he did all his dirt 
But since he repented, you killed the fatted calf for him, but I've been here laboring all this time. Yeah, the scribes and the Pharisees thought they were doing the work of God and doing all this labor. Like this self-righteous guy that we were talking about today, you know, I've done this and I've done that and I've done all this other stuff and I'm glad I'm sure not like this other guy who's a sinner over there. Same kind of point. Interesting to, you know, bring the two stories together to compare them. Slay them before me. That's really something. And when he had thus spoken, he went before ascending up to Jerusalem. He went on ahead. And it came to pass when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying, Go you into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat. Loose him and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you lose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord has need of him. <laughs> this was going to be another prophecy fulfilled here, that he was going to come in on an ass's colt, uh, the foal of an ass. Okay. And they that were sent went their way and found even as he said unto them. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto them, why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast their garments upon their colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way, <laughs> onto the road. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Hey, glory in the highest. Here we had heaven mentioned and glory also mentioned in the same sentence. I think that's interesting. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. They couldn't have said this without some measure of spirit upon them. <laughs> they had enough spirit come upon them to be able to to reveal glory here, to uh, actually mention heaven and also glory then after that. That's pretty cool. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. <laughs> oh, brother. These religious leaders could not stand anybody having any kind of joy or peace or love or any kind of good time. Yeah, we don't believe in dancing here. We don't believe in this, that, or the other thing. Religious spirit talking. <laughs> David danced with all his might before the Lord, and one of his wives didn't like it. And she mouthed him off over it. And he just said, oh, you don't like it? I'm going to go out right now, and I'm going to dance even harder. How do you like that? And he put her up in the top of the tower and never uh, talked to her again. You never heard from her again. He was the king and you didn't mouth the king off. Mm -hmm. You don't like it? She didn't like it because the hem of his garment came up above his private areas and he was, you know, <laughs> he wasn't trying to be rude. It just happened that way. <laughs> he said, I'll go out and I'll be even more bold and I'll be even more rude. Mm-hmm. I'll be more vile, he said. I'll do it with even more gusto than before. I'll do it just to spite you. Then I'll tell you what. 
You can sit down and be quiet the rest of your life. And that's exactly what she did. She lived out the rest of her days in quietness and solitude. There wasn't anybody that wanted to have anything to do with her after that. So take heed. Mm -hmm. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. So if somebody doesn't start praising God already, then the very rocks and the trees will start crying out. Mm-hmm. Boy. Isn't it something how the Pharisees immediately got in there and started trying to negate this joy and this peace that these people were having? Here, at least he had a good number of believing disciples at this point. The Pharisees just hated the attention being off of them and on Jesus. And actually, people's minds actually being on God. Imagine that. Uh-huh. Make them stop. You're only allowed to go two-thirds of a mile on the Sabbath day. You can't run 10 miles. Oh, no? I'm going to run 15 miles just to spite you. <laughs> yeah. And when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. Over Jerusalem here. Saying, if thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. Yep, you want to be blind? They're going to be hid from your eyes. Mm -hmm. Says so I was here to, this is your day, this is the time of your visitation. Mm -hmm. And here we're coming back to this. We mentioned this last week. Yeah. The things which belong unto thy peace. I'm here to bring you peace. I'm here to heal you. The Spirit of the Lord was present to heal the Pharisees at one point. But they made their choice and they were not healed. Yep. And in different areas, Jesus told them, you are of your father the devil. You'll die in your sins and the works of your father you will do. Mm -hmm. For the days shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side. Yeah, that's what those Pharisees were doing to the common people too. Uh huh. They were the enemy. Mm hmm. And they built that those walls, those embankments around the people, and surrounded them, and kept them in, kept them under their thumb, kept them under their oppressive dictatorship, religious and political dictatorship. Isn't that something? That's a bad mix of all kinds of horrible things. You start mixing religion with bad politics and oppression, that's a cocktail. That's a mixed up concoction that comes straight from hell. Uh-huh, mixed wine. Yeah. It gives its color in the cup all right and it moves itself all right. Whatever. There's scriptures about it. That mixed wine. It's a mixed up doctrine. Mm -hmm. Seek not mixed wine. Remember Jesus is the new wine? Don't seek the mixed wine. because They used to mix up a bunch of stuff with, you know. Mm -hmm. The wine mingled with gall and vinegar and all kinds of other horrible stuff. When Jesus was on the cross, they offered him wine mingled with gall. The gall part was some kind of plant that they used to, to at least bring... Um, and Again, this is kind of twisted. Here you had a Roman-style crucifixion, but they'd give you... Uh, wine mixed with uh, gall. It was a kind of plant or a mixture of herbs or something that they used to actually give a, uh, some relief, some, a little bit of anesthetic, 
but to a dying person, you know, uh, a very, almost an insignificant show of mercy. Just of not much use. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Here's what they're going to do. And Jesus was warning these Pharisees here. They're going to, they're going to come in and they're going to get you. And eventually in AD 70, the Romans flattened Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Remember back there, he told those Pharisees, uh, I think in the book of John, he says, you see this temple? There's not going to be a, one stone left upon another. Mm -hmm. He was talking physically and spiritually too. Your temples are going to be broken down. In other words, my spirit is going to free these people from these big stone walls that you've built around them. Mm -hmm. We're going to get rid of all that. <laughs> the Romans did it physically, and Jesus also did it spiritually. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's kind of cool. All right, and shall lay thee even with the ground. You're going to be mowed down. And thy children within thee. Mm -hmm. Thy children within thee. Mm -hmm. The spirits you've got within you are going to be laid down along with you. And they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. I was present to heal you. I was present to do all kinds of good things for you if you would just follow me. And I'd be your servant if you'd just obey me. Mm -hmm. Do the obeisance first, and then I'll be your servant. See? Yeah. Yeah. The servant is not above his master. Mm-hmm. But everyone that will be perfect shall be perfected as his master. Yeah. Not above, but you'll, be, you'll end up being equal. If you just first let him be the master, and then he'll be your servant. Yeah, why not? It's a good deal. And he went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying unto them, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. Instead of spending their time praying, they were busy buying and selling, serving that mammon of unrighteousness, weren't they? Yeah. He cast them out. He grabbed them by their, their shirt and their pants and threw them out physically. Probably because the devils in them wouldn't go out spiritually, so they had to get the people possessed by these worldly devils thrown out physically. Throw them right out. And he taught daily in the temple, but the chief priests and the scribes and the chief of the people sought to destroy him and could not find what they might do, for all the people were very attentive to hear him. <laughs> uh, he put these uh, highfalutin religious bastards in a real quandary, didn't he? <laughs> they wanted to destroy him, but they also feared the people. They were afraid of losing their livelihood, but the people that were giving them their livelihood were following Jesus instead of them. That's about time more of us started doing that too. Yeah. We don't need any of that other garbage. All we need to do is be very attentive to hear him. Yeah. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, God the Father said. Hear him. <laughs> Remember, Peter was flapping his gums over there. He said, don't hear Peter, hear him. Well, I think that's good for today. I think we'll save some of the rest here for another time because there's quite a bit more here.
by next week, we should have had this thing finished off. It's pretty good. So let's wait on the Lord for a few minutes here. And if there's anything else, go ahead and bring it. Yea, saith the Lord unto thee, my people, yea, even pour out from the tables of thine heart the lessons and the love and the wisdom that I have even laid down in it myself, saith the Lord. Yea, pour it out and voice it throughout this land, that I may yea, add even more and more and more unto thee to give again and again and again. And yea, saith the Lord, yea, unto my precious people, saith God. Yea, even take the words that thou hast heard this day deep into thy soul, saith the Lord, and bring forth my love, saith God. For yea, my people, the souls do cry for what thou hast to deliver to them, saith God, even with a look, with a hug, with thy love, saith the Lord. So yea, bring forth and hesitate not to represent me on this earth, saith the Lord, for I do even dwell deep within thee and shall give thee the rivers of life pouring out of thy mouth, saith God. 